Did you watch the big fight this weekend? No, I'm not talking about the zombie dragon versus the regular dragon on Game of Thrones. Spoilers. I'm talking about Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor. The reason I'm asking is because that was really the last big event of the summer before football starts. So the Ruts boys are wobbling back to our corner, and we're doing some last-minute preparations. Let's run up the score. You're listening to Run Up the Score, a fantasy football podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to Run Up the Score. We've got one worthless week of preseason left before the regular season ushers its way back into our lives. My name is Donald Wagonblast. Join me, as always, is Scott Wagonblast, my brother. Hello. And our good friend, Tom Hillier. Hey, everybody. And gentlemen, we watched the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight. That was pretty much it. You know, we've got the Little League World Series championship today, but for most of the sports watching American public, that was the last sporting event that anybody's excited about besides the start of the NFL season. So we're so close. Scott and I probably not going to be watching the Little League World Series. We still got a draft each to take out. As do I. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I actually have three, so <laughs> it'll be a long day today, but um, it'll get us nice and ready for the football season to uh, kick off. Absolutely. So we've got uh, some major headlines to get to. Uh, unfortunately, since it's basically since week three of the preseason is still basically dress rehearsal week, uh, we had a lot of teams lose some star players. We've got some star players with lingering injuries that may now linger into September. So we want to talk to you about that before we get to the meat of today's episode, which is we're going to go through another mock draft. And the reason we're doing another mock draft is because with all of the news that's come down, the Zeke suspension, the injuries, et cetera, et cetera, there's a lot of changes to ADP. There's a lot of changes to where guys are going. And we feel like our listeners need to know that so that you can be fully prepared for your draft. Because I know there's still a lot of leagues who haven't drafted yet. Yeah. And like these recent developments aren't going to shake the ADP right away. So if you drafted immediately after these injuries, like this weekend, if you were drafting right after Julian Edelman or right after some of the guys we'll get to, you know, Spencer Ware, you saw the ADP of people change drastically the night of. Yeah, and, you know, even in our draft yesterday, I was kind of able to utilize that, in my opinion. Um, we can just get right into it. Uh, Edelman, obviously, one of my boys, rest in peace, down for the season, um, toward ACL, not dead he's he'll live don't worry and he'll fight another day but um you know obviously I think that that means very great things for Brandon Cooks that's why I went up and picked him yesterday as my second round pick but very unfortunate for a guy that this podcast absolutely loves and everybody should I mean let's let's not forget that he made the greatest catch in Super Bowl history to seal the Patriots comeback last year and yes I'm including the helmet catch with that I think Edelman's catch was better um, so, you know, he, he's a big piece of that team. The good thing is though, if anybody was going, if any team was going to be able to overcome an injury to one of its key players, it would be the Patriots. However, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of this regular season, cause I think it's a pretty big walk that the Patriots win the East they make the playoffs. I think it's going to be in December and in January and possibly in February that the Patriots really start to feel the loss of Edelman because I think they have the pieces to get them through the regular season. Yeah, I think the Patriots will be fine. I'm a little bit more worried about the NFL as a whole. You know, ratings were down last year when Danny Woodhead went down. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we as a podcast, we just think the ratings are going to suffer again now that Edelman's down. I mean, poor NFL, poor NFL. Yeah, they're losing out on their highest breadwinners. <laughs> and it's probably a good segue into if we wanted to jump positions around a little bit and talk about Danny Woodhead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, nursing a bit of a hamstring injury right now, putting his week one status in doubt. I think, luckily for everybody who's picking him at this point, you're not really picking him as your starting running back. So I think everyone's going to be able to withstand 
maybe a week of of no Danny Woodhead to where he's able to come back 100%, maybe week two, maybe week three. But let's not forget, in our running back rankings episode, we actually were suggesting people start draft Danny Woodhead with the intention to start him for at least the first three weeks of the season to get through a possible Zeke suspension or Doug Martin suspension. So if you've done that, you're going to need to make sure that you're monitoring his status specifically on the morning of Sunday, September the 10th, uh, because it, it may very well run right up to that point. Um, you know, the Ravens actually did announce that uh, John Harbaugh asserted himself, saying that Joe Flacco will be back in the starting lineup for the Ravens. So that was another little tidbit of information. But, um, you know, I think that makes Terrence West, the Woodhead injury makes Terrence West a guy that, you know, he's not really getting drafted very highly. So he's a guy that you might be able to get in the in a double-digit round, or you may even be able to pick him up after the draft, maybe as your Woodhead insurance, if you're a Danny Woodhead believer like we all are, um, to kind of stem the tide until Woodhead's back fully healthy. And let's be honest, this is probably only going to get you an even better deal on Danny Woodhead. Yeah, right. absolutely. going to keep moving it down. And like I said, now if he starts to fall into that, now he's in your running back mix where he's your maybe your third option. That's where I think you really are going to start to see those dividends pay out as the year goes on. Uh, let's keep the ball rolling here because we've got a lot of uh, more lingering injuries. And let's actually talk about one that happened during um, during our recording of the last episode. Uh, the Odell Beckham injury, It looked we thought it was going to be a knee. Turns out it was actually just an ankle, but there is a chance that the ankle injury now keeps him from playing in the week one opener against the Cowboys on Sunday night. I think that's a good, I mean, that's a strong possibility. I think you might see him drop a couple picks in the first round of drafts. And I think if that happens, you probably, your best bet is probably to still take him to me. I don't think it's going to be a huge um, detractor from what his final season, big picture Odell Beckham, final result of 2017 looks like you know mm-hmm. so for me if he fell to me i would be happy about it but i wouldn't be scared if i was picking him if he misses a game or two here or there i mean sterling shepherd's probably a great daily play um you know brandon marshall becomes a little bit more valuable in those early weeks right hopefully you have the depth to uh withstand a week or two but you know I'm not sure uh, Sterling Shepard's ADP is kind of hard to decide where I think in some leagues he might actually be available on the uh, waiver wire. And if you have Odell, it might actually be a good idea to handcuff him with Shepard, who showed he can step in and be pretty successful in that offense. Eight touchdowns last year, exactly, which is a lot more than most rookies usually get. So if he's out there, I think, and you have a spot where you're not too sure on a guy, maybe pick up Shepard in case yeah. Odell doesn't play, and you might be able to insert him in your lineup week one. Absolutely. Uh, another lingering injury uh, for a quarterback, and I feel like this is the Andrew Luck segment of the show, uh, still hasn't played, resumed practice, but hasn't resumed team drills. You know, we don't know, and we're running out of time to know. So, you know, the Luck situation being what it is, I think obviously he's got a major effect because he's going to significantly affect the production of T.Y. Hilton. I think he's going to significantly affect the production of Dante Moncrief. I think he's going to significantly affect the production of Frank Gore because now they're going to know that they got to key in on the running. Defenses are going to know that they need to key in on the running game. And if if he misses extended time in the in the uh, regular season, like the Colts are going to be a great survivor pool team to pick against. Yeah. Because they don't look like they can get it done without him, and the offensive line is already in shambles. I mean, I totally agree. If you're drafting Andrew Luck at this point, you'll notice, though, that he's free-falling. He is dropping down draft boards like crazy, which to me, the way that I draft, makes him very enticing. And I can draft Ben Roethlisberger with him. And the reason that I would do that is because I don't even really think Ben Roethlisberger is a great fantasy quarterback at all. But he plays the Browns week one. So if Andrew Luck's not ready to go week one, you get a cheap option of a you know, let's be honest, a great quarterback in the NFL versus a horrible team in the NFL. So you can bide the time with that week one issue. If it extends longer, you know, you're getting into some muddy waters at your quarterback position. But if you waited for him to fall and you just couldn't ignore value like like I did in a couple leagues, right. you know, it's I normally, time to... Yeah. <laughs> I normally pick a, a QB late. So to piggyback off of what Tom's saying... um, 
I think that he's falling into a range that it gets very hard to say, okay, I think I need to pick Andrew Luck here. If he starts to fall in like eight, nine, ten rounds, tenth round, that's kind of where I'm like, okay, I think I might need to pull the trigger on this guy. I'd, I'd obviously be looking to pick a quarterback very soon after that, but the value, the potential is higher than anyone you're going to draft in the 10th round by far. So I get why people are taking him. Just be ready with a backup, like you said. Have your Ben Roethlisberger ready. Have your Andy Daltons, those guys like that. Have them ready to go. All right, let's move now to a quarterback who had a lingering injury that looks to be on the right side of things. Uh, Cam Newton, he was cleared to practice last week. He played uh, in their preseason game through two passes, through two passes, one was to Christ McCaffrey, mm-hmm. and the other was to Kelvin Benjamin on a slant for a touchdown. So he was two for two with 23 yards and a touchdown. Uh, the Panthers were running the ball all over the field. They were mixing in um, McCaffrey and Jonathan Stewart. So their offense looked like it was pretty well oiled for Cam's first action. And he actually said he wished he played longer because he just felt that good about getting back out on the field. So I think now we were using a little bit of caution when drafting Cam, but I don't think we need to do that now because it seems like the Panthers have really managed him post-shoulder surgery very, very well. I think Ron Rivera really liked what he saw too and was just like, okay, Cam, you look good. I'm going to go ahead and take you out right now and make sure you'll be fine for the rest of the season. And uh, I agree. Um, I, I like where the Panthers' offense is heading. Cam, as a head of the snake, it looks like he's ready. Yeah, a car accident can't even hurt Cam Newton, you know, so his recovery time is otherworldly compared to a guy like Andrew Luck. Um, But we'll see if his health can, you know, maintain as he looks to maybe rush a little bit less. And a guy who's injured now at the quarterback position who does a lot of rushing sustained a concussion, uh, Tyrod Taylor. So as far as that one goes, you know, they don't have – you know, a fantasy-relevant backup here or anything like that. The team is kind of in disarray right now. All I would say is we just got to monitor um, him as he goes into concussion protocol. If you're trying to use him week one versus the Jets, which was a trendy thing, that might be in jeopardy right now. So we'll monitor that, and uh, we'll keep you posted yeah. on his old noggin. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor was looking to be a very sexy week one FanDuel or DraftKings quarterback just because of that matchup against the Jets. Um, you know, that was also, I think, until they traded Sammy Watkins for me. Um, but, you know, it's the Jets, so you figure they'll still get it done. But exactly, I think now Tyrod was the was the guy who you like, okay, I got luck. Let me take Tyrod because he's got a great week one matchup. I think that pendulum's now shifted to Ben Roethlisberger. Agree. Um, another, just another quick thing to touch on, Leonard Fournette still not participating in any Jaguars team activities. I think it's strictly a move to make sure that he's ready for week one. Yeah, TJ Yeldon is also dealing with an injury in their backfield. They went out and signed another running back uh, just for depth. So it's not not scary for me. Um, Leonard Fournette's already pretty expensive. I'm not really winding up with him very much. But, you know, he's someone to obviously keep your eye on. And this injury, you know, he had the foot and ankle problems in college as well. So it's not not scary. And I think that's my, my verdict on it. I'd be, I'd be nervous if he was my RB one and absolutely I'd be, if he's I'd, my one. Yeah, and I'd be and I mean in the drafts that I've sure. been in, he's been in that range. So um, I would be looking to shore that up for sure. And week one, I think that he will play. But if you have him on your team, you'll be waiting with bated breath when he takes almost every carry. Hopefully, he'll come out strong. But that lingering foot injury has given him problems over the past couple of years. Uh, one more running back with an injury to mention, and then we also have to t- touch briefly on uh, something else that's going on. Spencer Ware. Looked like it was over. Looked like it was the dreaded ACL. Uh, turns out it wasn't. Initially, they were diagnosing him with a knee sprain. Turns out that's not the case either. He's got damage to his LCL and his PCL in his knee. Again, avoiding the MCL and the ACL and his meniscus. So, a lot of ligaments in the knee that I didn't know about until Spencer Ware got injured, unfortunately. <laughs> but um, but it looks like, and Andy Reid has actually said, Kareem Hunt is going to be the feature back. Uh, he's going to have a role. I think Trekandrick West is still going to have a role, but I don't think it's. I think it's going to be very similar to what it was last year with Spencer Ware taking over the job. You know, West will kind of be in to spell Hunt if there's a fumbling issue or if he gets tired. Yeah, I don't see West having immediate fantasy value. I see it more along the lines of Kareem Hunt. You're seeing him rise up boards like crazy right now. I've seen him go in even the fourth round. If you're lacking at running back and you're looking at the board and you're like, man, I hate these guys below, he's really not the worst choice around that area. So I get it. Um, 
I kind of predicted that this shift would happen, but certainly not in this way. Right, not in this you know, fashion. Spencer Ware, durability, I kind of did bring that up. I wasn't expecting tears of the knee or right. anything. But, you know, he, I didn't see him as a wire-to-wire guy. It's making his ADP very high, and I kind of am in on it. But at the same time, I do like some of the guys around him. I am addressing the running back position early and often if I am able to. So we'll see. And I don't think Spencer Ware will be out for the entirety of the season, so it could get ugly down the road. Well, that is what something that I wanted to mention because we were trying to, to figure out what his timeline was, and we're getting a bunch of different timelines. We saw four to six. We saw two to eight weeks. So Sounds it's a very, very Charles-y, doesn't it? It does. It's a very murky situation. It's, it's eerie to me how similar this is to the Charles situation It makes from me last think year. that Ware is going to be out for a long time. But um, the only thing that would give me pause about Kareem Hunt is if they went out and signed somebody like Ryan Matthews. Right. Um, real quick before we, we move on from the injuries, just wanted to bring up CJ Anderson also. Um, looked pretty good yesterday until he hobbled off the field. Um, we haven't heard too much about the extent of his injury. I think it's in a uh, discovery kind of phase, but if you're picking him um, this weekend or uh, this week coming up, um, you might want to look to um, Charles as a potential handcuff and um, D'Angelo Henderson. Thank you. As a late round guy. Absolutely. Um, just one thing about the Broncos, though, because Demarius Thomas did exit the game with a groin injury as well. So we have Demarius Thomas drafters holding their breath, but not for very long. They announced after the game that he was fine. They are. They just decided, OK, we don't want you to go back out there and do anything else. So we're going to keep you out. So and they I could have done that. Same thing with CJ. So just wanted to throw that out there just in case. Um, one more thing, since it is Tuesday, August the 29th, Ezekiel Elliott's appeal hearing is today. So you're gonna once you're done listening to this episode, you're going to need to be getting on Twitter, at RutzFF, uh, checking that news. Just because the appeal hearing is today doesn't mean a decision will be given today, but it could be. And so that's something that you're going to be need, need to be monitoring because I know a lot of you are still drafting Zeke and still drafting him very highly. Yes, there is still much to unpack with this situation. I think it's very fluid at this point, though, so flow with it. Yeah, for sure. So, we are doing another mock draft today. We've got our software booted up, and we just figured, like we said, ADP being what it is, the injuries that we all just brought up being what they are, you know, we kind of need to do a stock, take stock of where these guys are, where certain guys are going. You know, it could be a guy that you're really looking for. You know, in the later rounds, maybe he's moving up a little bit, so you need to take him a little earlier. And again, this is not a perfect scenario. You know, we're just kind of trying to show you guys where certain players might go so that it'll help you in your real-life drafts because there is truly nothing like a real-life, live fantasy football draft. Of course. And ahead of the final week where fantasy drafts are happening, we're getting this last-minute in last minute advice in for you guys so why don't we kick it off yeah let's uh scott let's explain uh the situation that we're giving ourselves in this draft sure we're doing full ppr draft it's a 12 teamer and we are going to give ourselves numero uno pick number one so i think i speak for everyone when i click david johnson's name and uh we we agree right he's our number one pick we actually had this question in our five star reviews from last week would you take david johnson or levy on bell and we were unanimous it's got to be david johnson yeah, so let's not even debate it right now. Yeah, you know, it. if you want to hear that debate, go back and listen to that other episode. After you're done with this one. And now, obviously, we have a bit of a ways to travel till our next picks come up. I don't even know if it's worth reading off all of those names that went off. It's about 23, 24 names. So. I would like to throw something in there. Dalvin Cook was taken with the second pick in the second round. Wow. And it looks like Joe Mixon went in the second round as well. Right, and there's some variability built into this, just like the variability of your drafts. It may not be Dalvin Cook that goes up there. It may not be Joe Mixon. It may be you know different guys that people are reaching for. But you know, as we saw yesterday in, in our draft and the drafts that we've been doing, there's reaches all over the board. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, especially based off ADP. Um, now we move on to the second round. Um, we we pick two in a row here, obviously, because we're at the turn of the second and third round, and. Um, for me, because it's a PPR league, I typically like to go two receivers here. But um, the value at running back, we still have Gurley available. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I'm looking at the board, and uh, 
I really like Doug Baldwin a lot, and I really like Brandon Cooks a lot. And I think we have those two. Yeah, and Demarius Thomas is up there as well. So Demarius Thomas, Doug Baldwin, Brandon Cooks, very tempting in this position. We're fortunate that they have made it back to us. Worth mentioning that uh, Gronkowski has left the board. Aaron Rodgers still available as well. The availability here of Todd Gurley gets me excited. Me too. Because, you know, Joe Mixon leaving early, Dalvin Cook leaving early. You know, someone is giving me a value on Todd Gurley. I'm, in this situation, I'm praying that Todd Gurley makes it around. Right. So if we wanted to stock up on running back early and we go David Johnson and Todd Gurley, I would not be against that in the slightest. And we have two picks here, so we can round it out however we so please. The one guy I'm really looking at here is Brandon Cooks. Uh, I had a bookend pick in one of my drafts. He was a guy I was looking for. He actually didn't fall to me in the second and third round turn. Um, I think because of the Edelman injury, a lot of people are expecting him to have a big boost in targets because there are so many that Julian Edelman's leaving behind. I don't think it's quite as you know linear that Julian Edelman gets injured so Brandon Cooks gets more targets. I think they're going to kind of shift things, and I think they're going to use some of these assets a little bit differently than they were planning on if they had Edelman. I think Hogan gets a bump. I think Gronkowski gets a bump. I think James White definitely is going to get a bump because they can line him up at receiver if they right. really wanted to. But I do think that there is a, a now even bigger opportunity for Cooks to produce, and now that Edelman's gone, I still want a piece of that Patriots offense, and I think the best option for us right now is Brandon Cooks. I say we click on Brandon Cooks, at least for one of them. And uh, what do you guys say about the second pick that we get here? I'm in love with Doug Baldwin this year. I think he's got a great chance to be a top 10 wide receiver um, as he's been in the past couple of years or right around that. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think we can get a wide receiver one for sure in Doug Baldwin. And we could possibly have just drafted our second wide receiver one value with Brandon Cooks. So I would take Baldwin. However, we are drafting two little guys at receiver. So I know some of us like to pair a slot guy who gets a lot of receptions with a bigger guy, like, say, Demarius Thomas. Um, But we could also go running back here and get Todd Gurley because, you know, as I've seen in drafts, if you wait on receiver, you will be rewarded. There's also time if we want to eye bigger receivers. I think that um, maybe on the spin back, we might be able to get some of of that bigger touchdown type receiver we're looking for. I think I agree with Tom. I think the value of Gurley, where he is in a 12-man league, if we go David Johnson and we go Gurley, we're rock solid at running back for the year. Even with a performance like Todd Gurley turned in last year, we would be rock solid. Right. We we have basically the best running back core. I really like Baldwin, too, but I like the value of Gurley here. Let's do it. I was overruled. Not the first time, won't be the last. I probably won't, you're right. <laughs> Interesting, the software was actually suggesting we take Travis Kelsey there. I don't. You guys didn't give any um, thought to that, did you? Well, no. it wasn't <laughs> suggesting uh, overwhelmingly that we take Travis Kelsey, let's right. say that. It was just in the honorable mention category. For me, that's too early um, to me address too. that position. In full point PPR, he is appealing, don't get me wrong, Yeah, but... Not over someone like Todd Gurley being left to me there. Right. So it's back to us at the swing of the second and, or sorry, the thir- uh, fourth and fifth rounds. Uh, we've got some interesting guys off the board. Rogers, Aaron Rodgers actually went at the top of the fourth round. We had Travis Kelsey go. Ezekiel Elliott went in the middle of the third round. We also lost a lot of receivers like Keenan Allen, Terrell Pryor, Larry Fitzgerald, Alshon Jeffrey, Jarvis Landry. Allen Robinson, Michael Crabtree, Devontae Adams, Kelvin Benjamin, even Stephon Diggs, which I was a little surprised at because he's been slipping mightily in drafts. Yeah, a lot of our big touchdown targets that I was hoping would stick around um, kind of went in that. A.K.A. Michael Crabtree. Crabtree is a guy I would love to take in that pick. Um, I was thinking Jeffrey as well maybe, maybe might slip. Even a Kelvin Benjamin might fall to us there. But they all go, so I think that we go for more of like a, a slot type of playmaker receiver that um, the three of us have been pretty fond on this year, and uh, that's Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I think we're all in uh, agreement here that the fifth round, fourth round turn value on Tyreek Hill is probably pretty worth it. 
And I've said it before, especially in the uh, rankings update episode, you can go back and listen to that one as well, is I think he's a sneaky value in PPR leagues because of the screen potential with him. You know, whether or not that play goes for positive yardage, you're getting a point every time they try to involve him. And he's just going to get it done in so many ways. Absolutely. So the next pick that we have, we don't have a tight end, we don't have a quarterback, and we do have Jordan Reed sitting out there who we know has that big touchdown number potential. So that would be a guy I'd look for, especially if we're looking to get a pass catcher who, you know, is going to catch a lot of touchdowns, who's going to get a lot of looks in the red zone. And let's not forget, he's a he's very involved between the 20s as well. He's look, you know, Kirk Cousins is looking for him all over the field. Uh, Jay Gruden wants to move him around the field to get him in spots where he can operate. So I like Jordan Reed here. Um, the software is also giving us, hey, why don't you just take Tom Brady, which I wouldn't mind. Stack up with Cooks would be nice. Um, I like Reed. He's a very volatile pick, I think, in this round. And I think if someone's getting him in the fourth and fifth and he's able to make it healthy, they can really have a, you know, they can really have a huge season with how good he's going to be. But he's already, you know, already nursing a foot injury. If we're picking him, we're going to need to have another tight end ready to go. So it's just something to think about. But I do love the talent. If I'm going either quarterback or tight end this early, I want to be pretty sure about it, right? Right. So if I'm taking one of those positions right now and Tom Brady is available, there's no more sure thing than him. So I see the appeal of Jordan Reed here. Don't get me wrong, but I see the appeal of Tom Brady even more so. Um, We're kind of well filled out at running back and wide receiver already. Right. Wide receiver probably could use some help, but like we mentioned – it's deep. Right. So Tom Brady here, to me, makes a lot of sense. I don't know if we put this to a vote or how you guys want to decide this I, one. I like the Brady-Cook stack. I'll be, I, I'll just sway my vote to Brady, and we'll make this very easy for ourselves. Tutty Tom, come on Touchdown, now. Tom Brady. The reason I like that pick, too, is uh, last time we did them with you guys, we waited and waited and waited on quarterback, which right. is a great strategy. Mm-hmm. But when they give you that value – it's sometimes best to take it. Absolutely. So we're up to our next pick, and we actually kind of kick-started a big uh, run on quarterbacks. Uh, we had Drew Brees go, Matt Ryan went, Cam Newton went, and now Andrew Luck has gone as well. So interesting to note, I believe Russell Wilson is still out there. Russell Wilson is still available. Interesting. Which is interesting Very to me. Interesting. Um, we've also got Kirk Cousins, Marcus Mariota. Just giving you guys this list because we want to show you guys who – you might be who you might have available to you. Uh, where are we? I think we're in the sixth and seventh round now. Yes, we are. And a few tight ends left the board. We went uh, and saw the release of Jordan Reed. He didn't make it much longer. Jimmy Graham, Kyle Rudolph, even. So that's pretty high for Kyle Rudolph. Tyler Eifert also exits the board. So for us, we're looking at Pierre Garcon, Jeremy Macklin, Kareem Hunt. You know, in this range is pretty good. Um, Tevin Coleman, Cameron Meredith, I know Scott loves him. Deshaun Jackson, we're big fans, but in PPR, he's not quite as lethal. And, of course, the old-timer, Frank Gore. So those are, are, I would say, what we're looking at right now. Yeah, I think just in, in terms of PPR, I think the two guys I'm looking at are Pierre Garçon or Cameron Meredith for one of our picks, and I think our... One of those two picks we have should be for Kareem Hunt. Again, he's a great upside guy. We know he's going to have the rock for the at least the first couple weeks of the season. He may be a, he may be able to just run away with that job and secure the workload for the rest of the season, which would make this a great value pick here, especially if we're taking him as our third running back. This is a guy who we could easily and comfortably start as our flex week one. Maybe not against the Patriots or. Well, we could start him against the Patriots, but you know, going forward, the Chiefs are going to have an easier schedule than that. Yeah. So I like Kareem Hunt here, and if I if it were me, my second pick would probably be for uh, Cam Meredith. I think one of the things that we need to pay closer, like close attention to, is team stacking. You know, we're if we Ooh. go with Kareem Hunt, <laughs> we're going to have Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, and we already have Brady and Cooks. Um, okay. It's just something that we have I, that whole game. Yeah, we have that. That first game will be very exciting for us. <laughs> but um, you know, it's just something that I like to pay attention to and make sure I'm not just loading up. I know there are obviously teams that we all like during the year, and there's volume odd positions, especially on the Chiefs. It seems like Tyreek Hill. Hunt and Kelsey are really cemented into very strong roles, which we like. It's just something that I like to pay attention to. Um, 
you guys know I want to take Meredith. So um, I think I agree that it should be running back receiver. And I think I'm with Don. I think it's a good time to take the chance on Kareem Hunt. And uh, I like, you know, obviously you got, I can talk about Meredith for hours. It was a good <laughs> point to raise that we are getting a little Chiefs heavy, but I still think it's a good spot for Kareem Hunt. I mean, you look at our running back core right now, we're not going to be doling Kareem Hunt out there every single week, like Don mentioned. So we really, we went ahead and we just picked him. And uh, Scott's giving me the heel, the thumbs up or thumbs down over Cam like, Meredith. Please, please, can we, please? Gladiator <laughs> style. And I'm going to respond. My thumb is horizontal and it has gone into the upward direction despite a and let's make a little a little tease of a downward trend That is the sound of our brand new Adam Schefter siren here on Run Up the Score. Uh, unfortunately, we have to come in and interject here a little bit, and that's what we're going to use the Adam Schefter siren for. That's going to happen whenever breaking news happens after we record. And unfortunately, we have some really bad news about our seventh round pick, Cameron Meredith. Uh, two hours after we recorded this show on Sunday afternoon, Cam Meredith had a gruesome knee injury, and it just did not look good. Uh, Reports today on Monday morning confirmed he does have a torn ACL and possibly other serious damage to his knee. So if we had known that when we were doing the mock draft, we obviously would not have taken him. And you, for your fantasy team, should not be taking him at all. This is Donald bringing in Scott now. Scott, let's just get some instant reaction here uh, to what happened with Cameron Meredith. For me, it's it's devastation. I mean, you guys know how high I was on him, and um, it's really unfortunate. I really thought he was in for a big year. The injury looked horrible, and it's going to be at least a full-year recovery, it seems like. So moving forward, you know, it's next man up, unfortunately. It's next man up for the Bears, which is looking like Kevin White, who has been a pretty inconsistent guy, but maybe offers some high upside. Another guy I like is Kendall Wright, just because they don't really have much, and he's a great veteran presence. I think he's probably going to be the best route runner on the team and the most reliable guy, so... Other than that, for the Bears receivers, that's all I'm really looking at, and it's just it just really stinks. Yeah, it does look very muddled, too, and I can even throw a name like Victor Cruz around, who was originally believed to be on the roster bubble, but you got to think, with the Meredith news, this might not happen. And like you said, Scott, it's just heartbreaking, especially for a guy who went undrafted, who changed positions to extend his career in the NFL, who looked like he was going to become their go the Bears' go-to receiver, and just he just ended up doing it, it. The injury was horrible. If you're not the type to look at those gruesome injury videos, do not go looking for this video. It's gross. Again, we feel terribly for him, and we just wanted to update you guys in case you hadn't heard. So if you were basing what you do in your drafts of off of our mock draft, you're not taking Cameron Meredith. Once again, Cam Meredith out for the season with a torn ACL. We wish him a speedy recovery. We can't wait to see him back out on the field killing it next year. And right now, let's get back to our mock draft coverage. All right, so we've got a long wait for the 8-9 turn. A lot of quarterbacks going. Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and Matthew Stafford go. Derek Carr also goes. And now at the 8th and ninth turn, we've got a big run of running backs. We've got 10 of 12 picks that round were running backs. Wow. Wow. So we've got Doug Martin, Tevin Coleman, Mike Gillisley, Adrian Peterson, Spencer Ware. Interesting that we just took Kareem Hunt. Terrence West, Eddie Lacy, Jonathan Stewart, and Paul Perkins. I'm happy we took Kareem Hunt. We've got a lot of receivers that the software is suggesting to us. We did still have Frank Gore available, though, which I think is a great value for him, especially if we're going to steady, if we're going to be worried about the too many Chiefs. We do still have Frank Gore. However, there are a lot of receivers, two very interesting receivers available to us right now, one of them being Tyrell Williams and the other being Adam Thielen. Yeah, the funny thing that I'm looking when I look up here, there's a little bit of a uh, percentage of experts agree that such and such is the right pick. It says one percent on Frank Gore. Even the experts are dogging him now. Yeah, I know. I mean, Just... right here is a great time for Frank Gore. Yeah, I think the value has fallen too far. Like even the guys getting picked ahead of him are just not. They're not even set up for the volume that he's gonna get. It's just so. It just he's falling a little too far. I think. I think we have to pick him. Right? Jonathan Stewart ahead of Frank Gore to me is silly. I mean, Jonathan Stewart has a starting job in quotes. He Adrian Peterson. He's been very tricky around <laughs> the goal Lacey. line. Yeah, these guys are filled with question marks. But Frank Gore's only one is the same one he's had for the past such and such years. And if he turns out a normal Frank Gore performance. 
within our roster construction, we are going to be just fine. But looking around, you know, there are some receivers that we should definitely be interested in. We have not addressed the tight end position. Delaney Walker is still available as a great PPR tight end. But I'm very cool with going Frank Gore wide receiver here. Um, I wouldn't mind it. Um, yeah, I do like Frank Gore. The only like the only thing I will say is this is kind of an, another portion of our mock drafting where you're going to say, okay, they're getting Frank Gore in the eighth and ninth round. I think someone in my league is going to take him sooner than that because I just don't think he'll. I just don't think he'll be there. I think in the in the draft that the three of us took part in, he was drafted a lot earlier than that. I think he was taken in the sixth or seventh round by a team with very similar construction, though. Actually, right, it was rounded out early. You know, yeah. and then he went in and just got an insurance pick of Frank Gore to build the depth with someone that he knew he could trust. So, what say you, Scotty boy? Um, I mean, I, I I've said that I enjoy Gore, um, but I kind of I, I see where Don is coming from, where maybe he won't be there. But I mean, we can take him here. I'm just I just wanted to you know, suggest to everybody that he probably won't be there at this juncture. Um, right, but at in too many drafts. Right, there will be some value at at a certain point that falls, and in this draft it was Gore. In other drafts, you know, it may be someone else, but you know, I think he's just the guy that's fallen far enough for us to say, you know, how how do we how do we let him keep going? Sure. Exactly. Let's uh let's take him, and then we still got Tyrell Williams available in the wide receiver position, a guy that we all enjoy, uh, Randall Cobb. He could be in for a big resurgence here. Kenny Britt, Adam Thielen. We could also go Delaney Walker here. I think he's the only tight end I take at this juncture, but there's been eight tight ends taken. And I don't know when these te- these other teams that we're drafting with are going to start taking their backup tight end, but I think we can continue to wait. Yeah, I mean, I've been known to wait until the deep, deep throws of tight end. So if you're talking about waiting, I'm obviously on board. Um, but I do really like Delaney Walker. I've used him several times in the past quite successfully. And um, I think we got to just make a pick here. We're, if we're in a real draft, we've been you know, on the clock for way too long. Well past the time. <laughs> um, I'll be the type. I, I yeah. want Delaney Walker, I think. All I right. think that's you, the guy for us. You're the man with the mouse. So. I'm the man with the mouse. And Delaney Walker it is. A little too far out of my reach to change the pick to Adam Thielen, I guess. But, so, we're moving on now to the 10th and 11th round. I so. think he might still be waiting for you when we... Oh, oh just man. went off. Just a couple off. My heart cannot take the pain. So, here's an interesting one. LeGarrette Blunt is still available. Um, he's had a less than stellar preseason. There was even a weird report last week that he was on the roster bubble that Doug Peterson, the... Uh, Eagles coach had to come out and say, like, no, like, that's not true. So a very strange situation for the backfield of Philadelphia. So just something to watch out for. But I don't think he'd be – I don't think he's going to be available to us in the 10th and 11th round of drafts when we're drafting for real. I think he may be in a full-point PPR league just because people don't see that huge upside with him. Right. With a guy like him, you know, last year you probably were starting him in full-point PPR leagues. 18 touchdowns do a lot more than, you know, several receptions. Yeah. So touchdowns speak very loudly. Um, I think he'd be a good piece on the team. I still think, you know, with only, what do we have, three wide receivers right now? Right. It's time to start building that depth at the position because we don't want to be too thin there. I I really enjoy the three that we do have, but I agree with you. I think it's time to make that one shoring up pick um available to us right now we're looking at um two titans receivers Corey davis richard matthews marvin jones um one of our favorites robbie anderson cole beasley uh sterling shepherd chris hogan and another one of our favorites the moscow mule still hanging out i'm going hogan here because after edelman went down you know he really stepped up in that preseason game with brady in the game I think Hogan looks like he's going to have a big uptick in value. And for the uh, for the listener who asked who's going to be a, one of the higher scoring undrafted players, Chris Hogan would have been a great answer, but his ADP is going to be steadily rising now. So for us to be able to get him here in a double-digit round is pretty good. 
Especially we, for a guy who we think has some major upside, and we're not going to use him in our starting lineups, at least for the first few weeks of the season. I think you go ahead and pick him with the theme of today's show, talking about injuries. I think it's just uh, very apropos. Yeah, um, we're basically taking... We're, we're banking on the absence of targets going to either Hogan or Cooks with Edelman gone, and it's very possible that both of them be, both are fantasy starters, and we have Brady. It's a nice, like... As much as you don't like the team stack too much when you have the Patriots, I think that it makes sense to. And I agree. I think Hogan is a great pick right here. Especially in PPR leagues because we know that the Patriots are still going to throw a lot. They run the ball to kind of set up their passing game, but it gets to a certain point where it's just Brady out there picking apart the defense. And I, and especially in the red zone, you know, the two looks that Chris Hogan got were in the red zone. Right. So We've got Cooks, who we think is going to get a lot more catches now. He's got a little bit more of the explosive play potential. And we've also got Hogan, who we think may start to get Brady's eye in the red zone. Yeah, and the Patriots uh, like to run up the score. They do. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's not unreasonable to start them both. Marvin Jones is available here for our second pick of this round, or at the turn. Rather, so he was a guy that I was wishing would fall to me a little bit more in the drafts that I had just done this weekend. I agree. Um, I really, really, really wanted him to fall to me in one where my receivers were thin because he's got that red zone potential. We mentioned before Anquan Bolden leaving that system brings a lot of touchdown opportunity. He had eight last year. So Marvin Jones touchdowns in the preseason, red zone target. I think right here he can really bolster our receiving core. And uh, we went ahead and made the pick. All right, so we've got four rounds left. We have two bench spots. Our defense and our kicker needs to be taken. However, if we're following Tom's strategy of I'm not taking a kicker, uh, we may not end up doing that at all. So we're moving on now. We've got a lot of running backs off the a very colorful board. Uh, two tight ends, two running backs, three wide receivers. Actually, four tight ends were taken this round. Um, that that's the thing about that's one of the quirky things about the software is that it always ends up having a lot of teams take backup tight ends, which you know I don't think a lot of teams are going to end up doing. Um, but at the but in the meantime, we do have uh, a, a couple of picks to make. Software suggesting Darren McFadden, although we don't have Zeke as a handcuff, we're basically just renting him. And with Todd Gurley and David Johnson solidified as our two starting running backs, I don't think that's the pick for us. I do, however, see running back Thomas Rawls, who quietly sits atop the Seahawks running back depth chart, and his ADP is still lower than Eddie Lacy's out there. He, I think, has become, to me, an excellent candidate for a post-type sleeper, where everybody's kind of like, oh my gosh, I believed in Rawls all last year, and, and, and he did nothing for me. So, you know, he looks better. I think the Seahawks offense looks like they're ready to go hot out of the gates. And if he can get rolling and he gets some momentum and he's running with confidence, I think Rawls is a really interesting late round guy this year. Yeah, I remember thinking, whenever I think back to him, I remember him like running so hard and playing so well when he first came out of the scene. And I think he just battled some injury problems that get, didn't, he had kind of lost that anger kind of edge. And, um, he might. I agree. It's like a, a spot where you're late in the draft, so the running backs you're picking are you're you're looking for just upside, and he offers more upside than almost anyone else available. Yeah, it's crazy to say that he offers more upside than Darren McFadden, but he truly does because when Zeke comes back, and we don't know if that's going to be six, four, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he has this upside to carry you all the way into week 16, where McFadden just truly does not. And one more point I want to make about McFadden. I don't even know if he's going to have a stranglehold on the carries because Alfred Morris has looked really good in the preseason for Dallas as well. Now, McFadden, I think, for his career has been a better runner than Morris, but we know McFadden has had some serious injury concerns throughout his career as well. So I don't know specifically that McFadden's going to get 100% of carries, and put all our cards on the table. I don't know that Rawls is either, but I think he's got a better chance to contribute to our team, like Tom said, for the whole 16 weeks of the fantasy football right. season. So we went ahead and we took Rawls. Um, now we have one more pick before it turns back and we make our last two picks. We have a bench spot. We have our defense and our kicker to go. Um, this is a spot where I kind of like to go ahead of the curve and take my kicker now and then 
kind of wait to see if one of my deeper sleepers will come back to me. But I'm I'm open to anything at this point, uh, as you know, kickers aren't the, the most hollow. Yeah, position. for me, that's not at all what I do. I probably won't even take if it's up to me. I don't take a kicker at all. For me, right here, I love that it says zero percent of experts agree. That's the kind of pick I want. It's my last bench spot. <laughs> right. I want that insane dart throw. And I think this guy offers even more upside than an insane dart throw is Robbie Anderson. Yeah, like I don't even understand, you know, clearly they didn't consult us for these expert rankings because <laughs> we would have had Robbie Anderson taken probably in the tenth round. We you know, uh, this is a guy who's gonna be the number one receiver on a team, and there is value there. We you just know, had a than- draft and he didn't have a a tape, yeah, like you, a I sticker pick, tape I was that you put who, on the draft board. I was the one who picked him, and I had to just write his name in on the piece of paper. And, you know, for someone to have their name written in and to, like, look like he's going to see upwards of 100 targets that we're going to get this late, I understand where the targets are coming from. But they're more than anyone you're going to get at this time. It's another one of those picks where if you're looking at receiver position, who has the most upside we're looking for at this point in the draft and obviously all of us think it's Robbie Anderson right and you mentioned the volume of targets we're in a PPR league so that's like targets are are the currency right in PPR leagues so we did go ahead and make the Robbie Anderson pick we do we are probably going to take a defense possibly taking a kicker uh, a lot defense of kickers is now flying going. off the board uh, Andy Dalton does get taken in the 14th round which is an insane value for him given the weapons that he's going to be able to use uh, this year uh, however no kicker's been taken yet so it could we could go Justin Tucker and shore up arguably the best kicker um, since the three of us are defensive streamers which we talked about in the five-star review episodes we do have Pittsburgh available and they are the week one opponent of the Cleveland Browns who are probably going to be starting rookie Deshaun Kaiser, according to a report that came out this morning. Right. So I like Pittsburgh here, and I think if we went Pittsburgh-Justin Tucker, we've got a great start to our Week 1 lineup. And the Steelers could have a defense that we could depend upon for more than just one week as well. They're looking as though that's possible. Um, TJ Watt has looked great in the preseason, and they're kind of shoring up that steel curtain kind of core of their linebacking core which we've always seen them be very dominant with uh also james harrison is there he's his snaps are going to be limited shazier looks great and 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 the thing with harrison he's been around forever so he'll be able to mentor like a uh, a watt on how to you know how to blitz and be be more effective and get stronger probably so um i love the pittsburgh pick a rookie on the browns starting week one give me that defense I, i love that one yeah, I say we go ahead and take Pittsburgh. We've talked about some other defenses that we'd like to stream on other episodes, even just targeting for week one or a couple a couple more games down the stretch. Justin Tucker, uh, you're obviously not going to hear an argument from me. He's going to kick those 50 bombs and uh, round out the team. And he's going to sing it for you too. And right. you know what we're, we're going to do with this one? We didn't do it last time. We're going to screenshot this. We're going to tweet it out. Uh, we're going to show you guys the episode or show you guys the results of the episode out there on Twitter, at RutzFF, maybe even on Instagram, too, by the same handle. Right. Um, I'll, I'll just give a final rundown, though. If, yeah, if, absolutely. Right. So to close out the team, um, our software actually gave us a 94, which is very good. I typically get, like, a 50. <laughs> so um, the, our starting quarterback is Brady. Um, we go David Johnson and Gurley as our two running backs, which I absolutely love. Um, starting receivers, Brandon Cooks, Tyreek Hill. Tight end, Delaney Walker. Our flex spot currently is Kareem Hunt. We have the the Steelers defense. Justin Tucker, as we move to our bench, it leads off with my boy Cameron Meredith, Frank Gore, Chris Hogan, Marvin Jones, Thomas Rawls, and Robbie Anderson. I think we did a great job finding targets with our receiving core on the bench. I can't agree more. I think we rounded out with the receivers nicely. You got to remember this is a 12-team league, and this looks like a powerhouse team in a 12-team league. It looks like a it looks like a contender in a 10-team league. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I, I love the, I do love now that I see the lineup in its entirety. I do love the Gurley pick. I wasn't on board with it, but to see. Todd Gurley in your second running back position of a 12-team league. you got to feel comfortable with it. We do have David Johnson who can score enough for three running backs some weeks. <laughs> That's right. Um, you know, our flex, we have a lot of 
well, here we go. Flexibility. Uh, we could do, we could start Kareem Hunt. We can start Cameron Meredith. We could probably start Frank Gore some weeks. We're really fine going three running backs or three receivers. Right. And you got to love that potential. Delaney Walker, I think it's overblown that his targets are going to regress because Mariota loves him as a safety valve. They were designing plays for him. They were designing screens for him last year. I don't think those just go away simply because they added Decker and drafted Corey Davis. I think he's still going to be an integral part. So to get him, I think he was the ninth tight end drafted. I think that's an insane value for us. And I think that led to this software giving us such a high score. I really do like the Delaney Walker pick with the way the team rounded out. And when you think of just Delaney Walker in a NFL mindset, t- tight ends get out of there in sneaky ways. Right. You know, it's not like they're monitoring him as crazily as they will be someone like Eric Decker. They're going to make things happen for him. He's a big body guy. And he does have some age concerns, but um, coming out of the joint practices earlier this year with Carolina, Luke Keekley was giving like glowing reports of how good of a route runner Delaney Walker is, how physical he is, and how, like just how great of a, a football player he is. And if you hear that kind of coming from Luke Keekley, you got to think year. other defensive players are going to struggle against Delaney Walker, regardless of who else is in the Titans offense. Absolutely. Just one other thing to monitor, because the software had every team draft their kicker and their or their defense basically in the 14th and 15th round there's always that one guy who's going to take or girl who's going to take you know their kicker their defense a little bit earlier so you know we ended up with Justin Tucker in Pittsburgh I think Pittsburgh is very reasonable right but there's going to be a lot of cases where Justin Tucker's taken as the first kicker off the board and he's going to go in that 12th 13th round instead of waiting until the 14th or 15th which is fine but just wanted to let everybody know about that because, you know, we did end up with I what I think will be the highest scoring kicker, the highest scoring running back, a guy who could potentially be the highest scoring quarterback. And because we have potentially the highest scoring quarterback, Brandon Cooks could be a really high scoring wide receiver. Same and we know Tyree Kill has the blow up potential. Well, um, I think we did good. I got a draft. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you want to wrap this up then? Yeah, we got to wrap this up. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at RutzFF again. Let us know what you th- how you think we did in this mock draft. Again, 12-team PPR. We had pick one. Give us your grade. We got a 94 from the software. We might not get a 94 from our listeners. I gave us 100. <laughs> you can follow us individually on Twitter. Scott's at WagsFF. Tom is at HillierFF. I am at WhySoSerious. We are still looking for those five-star reviews. We're going to start compiling them and doing them um, sporadically, unless it's start sit advice for week one, we're going to get those out to you before week one starts. So leave us a review on iTunes, five stars. Let, let us know your start sit situations. Let us know. Cause I'm going to be giving, I have one that we're going to be discussing already in one of the leagues that I drafted. Uh, so get excited because if you're drafting or if you haven't drafted yet and you're drafting soon, it's the best. I it's like the the, uh, the recommendation for start sit five star reviews. I think that's a beautiful idea. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, put those out there, and we will get back to you ahead of week one. Definitely, absolutely. And uh, like I said, at Ruts FF, we're so close. Yeah, we're so close. Best of luck to those of you drafting. Hopefully, the mock draft helped you out. And until we see you next time, keep scoring.